Welcome to Oddly Incorrect, a counterintuitive podcast. Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. but I don't hear you. Am I here now? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Awesome. <laughs> um, maybe I'm getting better. I would think this thing would automatically launch. I had the window open, but it, I guess I have to click the but, uh, the link to launch the Zoom app or, or applet or whatever they call it. Um, because I was yeah. just sitting here, and I was, I was, li- I was listening to uh, uh, the D.C. Circuit, uh, I think it's the D.C. Circuit Court over whether they've done the complete document search for Secretary Clinton while she was in office. <laughs> they're, trying, they're trying to argue that she doesn't need to testify because they, I think they provided all the documents that they've requested or something like that. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the the reason for all the riots, right? <laughs> one one of many, one of many. <laughs> so so that I I figured that was uh, going to be a topic because this when we talked last week they had he just died, so mm-hmm. the riots hadn't actually. I, I guess they didn't take place the night Monday night, so it must have been Tuesday or Tuesday night when it kind of, and then that was the protest, and then the riots started. A couple of days later, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, so so obviously we're going to definitely spend the brunt of the show talking about the topic we didn't talk about last week, which actually segues perfectly into the rioting because 90% of the rioting is looting, right? Which right. goes back, right back into the theme, the theme of today's show. But let's, let's, let's start from the beginning. So... I mean, we actually th- have a beginning. Yeah. Well, what do you think of what's going on? I mean, let's just, yeah. I mean, you know how we, you know how we operate. Do <laughs> uh, you, the, uh, you're, are you on Twitter? Uh, occasionally. Why? Are you, do you follow Scott Adams? Oh, uh, definitely. I listen to him every day. Do you? I watch the show every day. Uh, I don't listen to him too much. Um, but I do ever I do watch him too on Twitter. So he put a Twitter thread yesterday, pretty much summed it up. That, and I've been thinking about it this morning. And I think I've got it around here somewhere. I don't remember which device it's on. Um, where he sums up that they basically shot themselves in the foot. He doesn't say it that way, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, the, all the point. all the all the arguments that they've made for the last 20, 30 years have been destroyed by the riots. I'm not I, I'm not talking about the protests. I'm talking about the riots. So yeah. we need and we need to be really clear which ones we're talking about. So as we go through this. Um, Oh, I absolutely agree. 100%. And, you know, one of the things he said was that at, at, there was a moment in time when everybody was on the same side. Right. And in fact, it's still like that. Everybody is still on the same side. Everybody thinks what happened was horrible. Like, there's no, there's no question. <laughs> you know, there may be a microscopic uh, number of people who said that, yeah, that went well. But most people, like 99.9% .9 of people, all agree that that was horrible, whatever it was. Right. Right. And, and, and I think, I think people still agree with that. I think nobody is disagreeing <laughs> with the fact that that was horrible and, you know, justice should be served and all that good stuff. But so, so, so I guess his point was, which I really thought was interesting and I heard yesterday was that, so why are they still doing this? If everyone agrees that right. that was bad, who are they trying to convince? And what are they trying to convince them of? Other than the fact that, you know, these are a bunch of lawless, <laughs> rioting, violent. Lawless, lawless. Um, okay, so you've asked a question. Who are they trying to convince? And I, I thought about this this morning, this, 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 this morning, however many this is it takes to get this morning out. Mm -hmm. um, and what I've thought is, and I was going to I was going to post Scott's thread on this on what we're talking about mm -hmm. on Facebook, and I, I I thought about it and I thought, hmm, I I might need to really think about it because you and I are both uh, you're you're a philosopher and I'm a rhetorician, so this ought to be a really interesting way of looking at it. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of my framework for for persuasion and that stuff goes back to the ancient Greeks whenever they talk about ethos, pathos, and logos. And Correct. I'm like, how can you, how can you, why, okay, so they violated every, nearly every one of them. Scott points out that they violate nearly, the passion is gone. It, it, they've lost the passion, which is usually what, what the left tends to do is use the passion. And the logic is gone because they didn't, and then their credibility is gone. Um, they hit on all three things, and I went, how am I going to explain this to people that they basically violated the really basic persuasive argument of who yeah. they are, what they, uh, what they said, and what they felt? Okay, they everybody felt the same thing. I, I can't believe there are people who look at what happened to um, Mr. George. Is that I forget George his Lloyd? Name. George, George Lloyd. Lloyd. Okay, Lloyd Floyd. I'm not quite sure of his last name. I think it's okay. Lloyd. I think it's Lloyd. I think you're right. Can I, I cannot see people looking at that and not feeling emotion because I mean, I felt it right away. And yeah. I didn't, I'm sure we didn't watch the whole thing. I, I don't think I've heard it, I can't breathe or something like that, but I didn't hear the whole thing. So just a snippet was enough for people to resonate and, and connect with the motion. Mm 
and yeah. the riots. So the protests were, everybody's saying it was a legitimate protest that has been swept aside. And I got to thinking this morning, what I was thinking is they're protesting, so they're protesting the oppressors. And in, a, in and of themselves, they become the oppressors. Mm-hmm. which is almost always true with any revolution. At some point when they take out the oppressors, they, the ones that did it, that take out the oppressors become the oppressors. And that's absolutely, that's, absolutely. that's what's going on in my mind is, okay, they're fighting. The goal, I think the goal was to take down the oppressors instead of the goal being, um, I don't uh, take it, eliminating oppression. I'm not sure if I'm saying exactly right, but the go- they directed the goal at people at a at a tangible thing instead of taking the the goal towards eliminating oppression. I think it that may be really subtle, but most people don't think of it. By or I won't say most people. I didn't think about that until this morning. What's the yeah. deal about the oppressors? Okay, we don't want anyone to be oppressed. I I totally understand. I, I understand that when you work in an organization, you're going to be oppressed because you are going to be following somebody else's vision. That's mm-hmm. what happens. But political oppression is a, and economic oppression is, is different because I believe that you can make different choices. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, well, a couple of things that you said there absolutely resonate because, first of all, whenever, like you say, the re- whenever a, a revolution happens, the revolutionaries, they don't see themselves in the new world as a regular person. They see themselves as the elite lording it over the oppressed or the, opp- or the people who oppress them. Right. Well, they, they lord it over the they become the oppressor of the oppressors or yeah. the, they be, in the, in that the elite, the elite is a very amorphous term that what do you mean by that? So I always think back to all, most of the revolutions that I, that we know about probably started with American and then the French and then the Russian. Yep. And, Yep. I don't know. I don't know that I would say the German was a revolution. I don't know enough about the Chinese um, takeover in the forties. I, I really, I know a little bit, not enough to, not as much as I know about the other. So I, I, I need to put a boundary on that. And it's, I'll stop with Chinese communists. <laughs> I know well, a little, but not enough. Yeah, me too. I got to definitely more re- read up more on that. But do you think, so do you think, I know there's a lot of, a lot of people use this as an opportunity for looting, right? So I think that, I think there's actually a number of streams going on here. There's the original protesting, which was against police brutality, right? There is the uh, people who are just using that protest as a precursor, not, not as a precursor, but as a reason to loot, Right undercover. to cause destruction and steal. Yeah, and then there's a third group here, which is probably Antifa, well, whoever, whatever they, however you pronounce their them, who are looking to overthrow. And then the question is, is like, does Antifa? So does Antifa 
is are they are a managed organization? So are they run by somebody? So is there like a mastermind or a, a group of individuals who are basically funding them and helping them do what they're doing? Or do you think that's sort of more of an ideology? Because that's what they were talking about in the whole naming it a terrorist group or not, right? So there's three things going on here and they're all being conflated together, right? And and I think that's one of the one of the big problems with the mainstream media is that they're not seeing those as three different things, right? Everyone's using everybody else. So they're using that as an excuse to do this, right? Right. So let's, let's see if I can pick up on your question. Are they a ideology or uh, a, uh, what is it, revolutionary? You asked, no, you didn't ask it that way, but are they an Is Antifa an ideology? I would say it is not because there are people attached to it. So it's, it's, it's not an abstraction. It's a, it has legs and it has foot soldiers. I think right. the other question you asked me is, is it organized? Mm-hmm. My understanding of it is at a, at a, at the ground level, probably not, mm-hmm. but there is probably, there are, um, I don't have my tablet in here. I, what I need to do is send you what I, uh, I have a friend of mine who put this out there and it's almost like a, I don't know what I would call it. It's a, um, scope of work. Mm-hmm. I think you and I will both understand and it tells people what they are, what they can and can't do um, while they're on, they're, while they're being involved in protest. I will send that to you whenever I get get hands on. Right. I think it's on my tablet. Well, there's a and website. It, I mean, it, there's a website. There's, a website. there's a website called Protest Jobs where you can actually apply to become a protester. Right. Well, right. I kind of know about that, but I also know about that they will put out something on Craigslist usually they, you know, the conspiracy folks will, will go out there and find that they're recruiting people to do the protesting. Yeah. Which yeah. they, which I have no doubt that they do, but yeah. that if they're doing that, then there's money involved. And so the, the organic side of it is it, it feels it feels inorganic and staged. And I don't know if you're seeing all the stuff with the, where the bricks are being put in. Yep. Yep. Okay. Somebody, and you know, as, as, as many cameras are around, there's got to be at least one, somebody documented with dropping off bricks. It just, I mean, the, 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 um, I don't believe in coincidences, coincidences times 20. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. The same thing in the same area 20 times is not a coincidence. Exactly. Exactly. Somebody is supplying, somebody's supplying the funds, somebody's supplying the bricks, somebody's supplying the weapons. So there is a, some kind of organization behind this. So, I mean, it's absolutely right that it should be labeled as a terrorist organization because of what they're doing. But I mean, this, the, the interesting part is that let's go back to those three different groups, right? So we have one group, which is supposedly uh, protesting against police brutality. And then we get the other two groups that are probably just driven by envy, 
right? They're just driven by envy. The, the looters, obviously, because they want the stuff. And Antifa is, is, they're not in a position of power, so they want to tear everything down so that they can become in a position of power. I mean, would you say that that's an accurate statement? I don't, I think... Um, so their their name is anti antifa anti fascist. I think anarchist would be a better term. I do not see them there against the power structure the way I understand it. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem to be putting another power structure in place. I don't see that. You, you see them complete anarchists, then they just want to tear everything down. And, and I, yeah, so let's 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 go into that a little bit more. So if you tear everything down, I wish I'd watched this. You watch Babylon Five, right? Absolutely. I just went okay. through the entire series. <laughs> I I I think I stopped before I I think I stopped in the in the fourth year mm-hmm. before the whole thing was was revealed. The difference between the shadows and the Vorlands. The Vorlands, yeah. Or, yeah. uh, something like that. The the battle between them. So, my one of my friends told me that what was really happening is that the creative destruction versus create. Um, what was the other one? Creative destruction. You tore stuff down so you could be creative again. I I totally understand that. Yeah, yeah. That's what that was the uh, shadows. That was yeah. what was behind the shadows was the. See, creative. and I didn't pick up on that because I didn't I didn't get that far into that revelation. Yeah. And what was the other side was. Um, the Vorlon, the Vorlons were um, there. It wasn't creative. It wasn't creative destruction. It was civilization or something like that. It, keeping everything yeah. uh, together so that they could build civilization. Civilization. Like, do that a good job on that? Yeah, yeah. They were very complementary, right? Well, it's they were like- opposed. They had the same goal, but they used different methods. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. The goal was to promote the growth of the, of the races. Yeah. And they had two different ways of getting there. That's right. And I think that's, I think that's a good metaphor for what's going on now, mm-hmm. they, but they didn't seem to be putting either one of them. And once again, I have to rely on you on this one. Cause you know, were they putting in a, a new model of, organization or were they just keep the status quo versus creative destruction and I yeah it was basically it was basically that it was status quo versus creative destruction but the the uh the creative destroyers or the the, uh, the shadows uh just eliminated everything so that everything could start fresh right i understand and they, that and then the vorlons would would assist in the reconstruction so they actually almost kind of worked hand in hand because they knew that the they knew that they couldn't stop the shadows and the shadows had this way of doing things where they would, they would tear everything down and then the Vorlons would help build it back up again. So it was like almost a symbiotic relationship. So they didn't, but better than the uh, last time, right? It would be better than the last time. Yeah. So in the end they, you know, they were found to actually be working together, even though they were both, you know, you know, they, it's like, the, it's almost like they one was waiting for the other to do its work. So it's the whole, you know, Shiva, <laughs> the, the destruction. You the know, destroyer. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get that. I, and I kind of, I understand that. So let's apply that to what's going on there. 
the emergent properties of leadership in organizations people cannot function without some kind of organized effort or a purpose right. uh, and maybe maybe what's going on is our purpose has has is not what we thought it was there's mm -hmm. there's a, a disruption of the force <laughs> <laughs> there's a disturbance there's a disturbance in the force so i should get kudos for putting together two uh universes of space in the same conversation yeah yeah you absolutely should <laughs> <laughs> so but this is not creative disruption disruption though is it, it is well it? okay so we haven't seen what the emergent thing so i'm watching all this last I'm watching all this destruction, and obviously I'm, I'm in the middle of West Texas, so it's probably I'm probably not even going to see anything. We have protests here, but I would be really surprised if there is rioting. If if it does, it'll it'll be there. There's a movement online that we're going to give up on the cities and go to the suburbs. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I think that is the not, biggest mistake that I cannot imagine. Hmm. So it's it's going that could be that's going to depend on some really disciplined suburb people, and I don't think suburb people are all that disciplined. Um, no, no. But you know, it's interesting you should say that because the uh, the suburbs are also being affected, right? There's plenty of places in the suburbs where they're just going out and. And destroying stuff and, and graffiti. This for the first time ever. You know, I've been here 22 years. The first time ever, we saw some graffiti around the corner, right? And mm -hmm. and we're, we live in the suburbs. And San Jose is lo is under lockdown too. So they have an, uh, a lockdown between 8:30 p.m. and 5 a.m. But and yeah, I mean that's another discussion for another day. Is like our city's over. And I think in some in some ways they they are because especially with what's happening with COVID. And all these companies reverting to remote work, do people still, is the upside of living in the city still as compelling as the downside of living in the city, right? Okay, so the thing that, that you're, so you're talking about cultural amenity. Mm -hmm. And there, that's still a huge upside because I can tell you having lived in San Francisco area for five years, it's taken nearly Let's see, I moved out of there in 2004. So that's 16 years ago. It probably took about 10 years for me to get over it. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. once you kind of understand how to, how the culture of San Francisco is, it's really hard to duplicate that. And I can tell you Huntsville was not nearly as connected as, and it, it really did affect me for a while because, um, the uh, the internet connections in Huntsville, Alabama, were nowhere near what was going on in San Francisco. The social yeah. connections were really yeah. were really not there. Uh, it made a difference when Facebook came around. I, when it when it came in, and we talked, you and I both talked about this because we were part of the older network was Rise, and then uh, I guess I, I lost touch with them on MySpace. I'm not even sure how we stayed in contact with each other, but um, <laughs> the social networks online helped 
people like me, because I've been on listservs and, and stuff before, to get together with your tribe. Yep. And, and so your question about being in the city is, is it conducive to work? No. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to have all those people there in one place. It, yep. it makes, I mean, maybe for scale, economics of scale, that maybe it can work. Amenities is a whole different thing. The culture of the city is so different than the culture here. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, go ahead. No, no, I agree with you 100%. The question is, you know San Francisco of, you know, 15 years ago or however many years you right. left. If the cities have, I think the cities have fundamentally changed um, due to. How so, like, how so Chris? You asked me a lot of questions, so I'm going to, how can it, how's it fundamentally changed? Through a lot of mismanagement is that living in the city is, is more dangerous. There's less, there are less, uh, there are less amenities because people don't want to use them or they shut down or all these all these lockdowns and shutdowns and are driving small businesses out. Uh, I have a feeling that once things start to reopen, it's going to be a very much changed landscape. And the, the upsides of living in a city will be much less than they used to be. And because of the increased crime and, and, and rioting and all these things, people are fearful for their safety. They, they're going to split. So the cities have changed. They're very different from what they were like before. And I mean, I feel the same way. I, I love living in a city. I love the vibrancy of living in the city. I, I lived in the city when I was in Toronto and I thought it was great. And I thought we were going to do the exact same thing here. I thought we were going to live in San Francisco at some point. We were going to move to San Francisco, buy a place there and then be in the vibrancy of the city. But as time has gone by, I feel that the city has changed and a lot of city dwellers feel the same way, right? So I'm wondering if, first of all, like, of course, that, that's... I mean, is that, are we hitting a tipping point now where people are saying, you know what, it's not worth it for me to stay in the city any longer? Okay, so that's the question. Uh, are we hitting a tipping point? Right. Um, we should be able, we should be able to look at the um, um, number of people leaving. I, you know, you yeah. always hear about the number of people coming in but you don't often hear about the people leaving. Yeah. Uh, we're starting, I mean, we've been hearing about it out here, but I don't know if the city people are hearing that people are leaving the city. Well, there's plenty of numbers of people leaving California. So <laughs> there's, there's lots of evidence of that happening, but yeah, you're not, you're not necessarily hearing. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, the middle, uh, the central Valley and all that stuff, I, I understand I would get out because I'm being, you're not being represented by the political people in San Francisco, in uh, San Francisco, oh, LA, yeah. San Diego, Sacramento. Uh, yeah. You're, you're not being represented by that. You're being, you're having to live under the thumb of people that are the elite and it's in yeah. uh, the coastal elite. Mm -hmm. And the elites are something, this is something that, that I've, I've wondered about for a long time. And since we, since I, I surreptitiously slipped in the, uh, the French Revolution, which is a very interesting revolution in that they were going to take down the aristocracy and then they became the oppressors themselves. Yeah. But isn't that normal? 
Isn't that well, yeah. I'm going. I'm going to go a little bit further because the elites were helping them to take down the oppressors, the the aristocracy, until the mob turned on the elite. And I I think that that was a huge huge uh, awakening for the elites, as they had never been the target. Mm. And you can seeing, uh, go ahead. Aren't we seeing history repeat itself? Because there's all these celebrities and political figures, and they uh, haven't with, felt the. They haven't. They're not. The, they're not, not yet. seeing yet. Not yet. Not yet. But I, I can totally see these people turn around and say, "Well, you're a. You know, I don't care if you're with us. Uh, you're still. You're a, as a, bad as a, them. You're as bad as they ever were. were. Yeah, you still have money, and I still want to take tear you down." So there's, I don't see any reason why we can't, you know, history won't repeat itself because yeah, all of this stuff is driven by envy, isn't it? It's all driven by envy. You have something I don't have and I want it and I want it right now and I don't want to do any work to get to that point, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that basically the, well, the let, uh, so, driver of everything? So let, let's go in. Revolution is work. There is no doubt about it. There is mm -hmm. a it is a labor-intensive effort. Okay. So there is work. Are you so? Are you going to free ride and let other people do the revolution? But then you lose control of the revolution, and you don't get the goodie because right. the people who are engaged in the revolution disperse the crumbs, uh, and they're able to control the the uh, resources. I guess is what I want to say. Mm -hmm. And they do that through prioritization, you know, and, and so, and I'm slipping into my so pattern. So <laughs> <laughs> when you hear so, I'm either thinking or it's time to interrupt me. <laughs> no, I mean, so, so see now, now I'm saying so. Now you got it. <laughs> maybe it's our, it's our mental, maybe this is a Myers-Briggs thing. So do, do we have do we have a situation where people are seeing a solution, right? So are, there, are these Antifa folks saying, okay, I, I mean, I'm not talking about the Black Lives Matters folks. I'm not talking about the looters because the looters have a short-term gain, right? They just want stuff, right. right? So the Antifa folks or the people who want real social change, do they really want social change or do they want to just destroy everything because they're envious of 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 what other people have, or do they actually see some kind of utopian future where everybody's equal, everybody gets the spoils of everything to all, you know, to each according to his ability for each according to his needs, blah, blah, blah. Do they actually see that and go, yes, this is a future or do they just want to tear stuff down? I think, I think I will go back to anarchist. It's a, more of an anarchist mind. I think they're, I know you know the term useful idiots. I think they're more, the foot soldiers are more the terms they're just being used. Yeah. They don't know how they're being used. And I'm not sure we know how they're being used. But they're but, not giving a positive vision of the world. It's kind of no, like. No, they're, they, they're not, they're not. Or of a future it, world that they've been working on. It's just like doom and gloom, everything sucks. The same right. kind of thing that drives people in, in Arab countries to become uh, terrorists like strap bombs to themselves because this world is so crappy and it'll never get any better 
So I'm just going to, I may as well just take down a few of those people while I'm at it so I can get to, you know, the promised land. But I mean, they don't see, they don't see any kind of future where they run the show and everything's wonderful. They just, they just, they just see doom and gloom forever. Well, yeah, okay. So once again, foot soldiers are not, my guess is foot soldiers are not prepared to take on that role. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're, we're talking about what, what we happened with the, with the rioting is that tactics overtook strategy and they lost, and this kind of goes back to what Scott Adams was saying. They, they lost sight of the goal. And that's when we're, what I was talking about is to stop the oppression. They went after, they went after oppressors instead of let's stop oppressing every, everyone. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's even possible, but they're not presenting a positive future at all mm-hmm. that I can, that I can pick up, but I'm not an Antifa guy. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even study them. I just watch mm-hmm. what they do and, you know, you watching what they do They're they get away, they get away with something, which tells me that somebody somewhere has got their thumb on the scale. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and yep. they're allowing it to happen for their own reason. And mm-hmm. hence the term useful idiot. They need foot soldiers to do it for them. But what's, what's coming out of, you know, what is coming out of this? And if they're, if they, one thing that somebody mentioned is they needed charismatic leaders to come to, to move a revolution along. They need charismatic leaders for people to attach to. And I'm yeah. not seeing that happen. I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing the leadership grow. I, uh, it, it's usually it's organic. I mean, it's, it, it comes together and somebody becomes the figurehead mm-hmm. of the movement. And I'm not seeing it um, yeah. at the moment. Which brings me up. Have you ever seen this, the lessons from the dancing man? No. Uh, you have to, you have to look this up on mm-hmm. YouTube. It shouldn't be hard yeah. to find there. It's a TED, the guy did a, a video of it and then he did a TED presentation on it. So it's the lessons, leadership lessons of the dancing man or something like that. Mm-hmm. So can I, uh, I'll definitely check it out. So, 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 I mean, obviously we don't really need to look at what they believe in. We just have to look at their actions and from what we're seeing, all they're doing is trying to tear things down. Right. They're, trying to, they're just trying to destroy things. And I mean, I have a bit different vision of an anarchist. If you ask me, an anarchist should be, an, I mean, if you look at the classic definition, it's just somebody who doesn't want any government, doesn't want to be governed, period. Right. They don't necessarily, they're not necessarily violent. They don't necessarily want to tear things down. They just do not wish to be governed and they do not wish to have government. Well, right? How are they different than a libertarian? Well, libertarians are for limited government. Uh, so libertarians want want government, but they want an extremely limited government, right? So maybe an arbiter for to during negotiations. Maybe they want some judging, some 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 other stuff, but 
most everything else should be allowed to fall to the people. The anarchist is someone who wants zero government, period. So they want no control over themselves. They don't necessarily want to like tear other people's stuff down. In fact, they should be the, the opposite. Um, I mean, I don't think an, a, a pure anarchist shouldn't be impinging on other people's rights either. They should just be saying, you know what? I just don't want to be government, governed. Leave me alone. And as long as someone's left alone, they shouldn't have to fight back. So I think that's, that's a, that's kind of, they're, they're negative. They're, they're, they're attaching negative connotations to anarchy because anarchy sounds bad, but the reality is it's just a lack of government, right? Or lack of being governed. Lack of organization. Say, I would go. Yeah. Yeah. It's lack of organization. So, yeah. I, I, okay. We're, we're, we finally found something we kind of differ on a little bit. So. <laughs> well, we differ on a lot of things, but so, so, but do you think, and you never say that we differ on anything. You just go along <laughs> with it. <laughs> but you don't think, so do you think that there's envy at the, at the base of all this, at the base of everything? Well, yeah. So, okay. So now we uh, envy. So at some level, yes. Okay. And uh, because uh, we talked about uh, keeping up with Joneses either last week or the week before last. Yeah. There is that motivation for status. But along with status comes power. Mm-hmm. And, um, and responsibility and all the other stuff, you know, that we that are attached to it. And I'm not sure people that want that seek that out really want that responsibility. They, they, right. the, the word that gets thrown around is everybody needs to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is, what is that? That is a really interesting word to be used because it, it implies that it's a ledger is the it's balanced. It's going to be, if you're using the actual accounting metaphor and not, and you're probably better at this than I am is there's the debit and the credit side. Where, where are we? Are we on the debit? Are we debiting at the moment? And we getting ready for credit? You know, it's, it's almost, it's, it's like I think about the way water moves. It's, is, is, it moves really fast in, in the rapid, but then it almost always has a, a shallow, uh, not a shallow, but a calm period. It's mm-hmm. like harvesting. I mean, there's, these metaphors are deep, deep in the way things are, is water moves, and when it's constricted, it moves very fast. Mm-hmm. And when it's less constricted, it slows down and becomes calm. We're in a constricted, we're in a constricted point now. Um, right. Things are moving very fast. I mean, even the COVID thing, the information coming out of the CDC and the in the ho, not the ho, even though I kind of think that who, who, <laughs> were conflicting, and they were mo- they were conflicting, and they were moving so fast that you couldn't keep up with which one. I mean, it's almost pick one and follow it. Yeah, but so. wasn't that purposeful? What wasn't that? Wasn't that purposeful? Because they wanted to keep. They wanted to. Uh, spread all sorts of misinformation. You sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I get in trouble with 
you're putting all these memes, you're doing research anyway. And I'm like, it's in the public view. I am not here to be a truth teller if I'm doing a meme. It yeah. is there, you know, a lot of times it is there to be provocative. It's exactly, uh, ex exactly, exactly what it's for. It. You're helping spread the meme. That's very different. <laughs> if I'm, if I was a meme creator and I've tried, but I'm, there are just lots of things I, I thought I knew that I don't really know uh, <laughs> about, about memetics. I mean, you really have to crystallize thought to get down to it. But Absolutely. in the, in the, we've talked about this and we probably really ought to spend, spend some really, what, um, let me back that up a little bit. What I thought that when we would, that what we would do is collect some quotes on Envy and then mm -hmm. and respond to them. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we, we, that would be. No, we can continue this thread. I definitely want to continue the thread, but I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where, I mean, when you mentioned that last week, I thought to myself, this is, you said, this is the one of the most powerful emotions that human beings feel. And it's something that we really have to try hard to eliminate in ourselves. And then that immediately made me think of Buddhism, right? Because a lot of the tenets of Buddhism are that life is suffering. The reason life is suffering is because you're striving for something that you can't have. And that the base of that is envy. So a good Buddhist should be, should have, uh, should have eliminated. So there you, you become enlightened when you eliminate envy from your life because then you don't, you, you don't have to suffer, right? The dukkha disappears. So the suffering disappears when there's no envy, right? So if envy, if an envy, and I think, who was it? Uh, you sent me on this quest for Peter Thiel because you talked about Peter Thiel last time. Right, right. And I went not to- Not last time, there was a time before last that got us started on this. Yeah, and I was watching, I've been just binging on Peter Thiel videos now. And there was this one awesome- Point where he was talking about the Ten Commandments, right? I think he was interviewed. I think the Eric Eric is this the one I told you about to go yeah, in yeah. where he talked about the first and the last commandment. First and last commandment. That's right. And the last commandment is "Thou shalt not Indeed. covet," right? Covet. Right. So I thought to myself, so is that is that basically the core of all of this stuff? Is that we can't figure out, <laughs> we can't stop ourselves, we, we we're so weak. Uh, Willpower-wise, well, not just willpower-wise, but we're so weak as a culture that we can't handle our envy, and that's why we get into all of this. And 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 Facebook feeds it, social media feeds it, because all it does is it presents to us other people's idealized lives, and we think, I can't, I can't have a life like that. I got to tear it all down because I, if I, he can't have a life, if I can't have a life like that, then he shouldn't have a life like that, et cetera, okay. et cetera, et cetera. So, hey, but it is I'm not in that camp. <laughs> Okay. I, it, it, since we were going since, since we talked about that what a couple weeks ago, I'm not in that camp. I when I played, I, I used to play golf. I never really got in the mindset that I wished I played like so and so. Yeah. Well, you and I, I think you and I are past it. I think you and I are past it. We're already well, past. It. I I would hope so. I mean, there's something you know. I won't say that I don't. I don't. But I never look at people and think they have something better than me. Yeah, I just don't. It's just not that way. Yeah. I, out of high, well, maybe in high school, I'll go 
because <laughs> there's a guy that had had a, a sports car that I really wanted. I mean, it's such a boss car. I wanted that thing bad. Is the think we all, bill. Huh? We were all like that when we were young. Yeah, but we at a that. point, that was that may be the only thing. Maybe a girl every once in a while, but not because somebody had her. I didn't. I'm. I'm. That's more trouble than it is worth. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. after somebody that had had the girl before you got them. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. no, I don't need that ma- that big a headache. <laughs> yeah, but I mean but that wasn't we, it. We were young. That, that was the thing that when we were young, for most people, I think for most people, it was uh, envy just drove you. It's like ambition, right? I want and and, and it. It, you could look at it two different ways. You could have envy that drove you to be more successful, right? Or you could look at envy to, that drove you to tear other people down, right? And I think as you get older and more experienced and as you actually accumulate, uh, you accumulate experiences, you accumulate material, you accumulate money, at certain point, you realize, wait a minute, you know, I am actually not envious of anybody else. I've, I've, I've basically kind of become enlightened because the envy has gone or most well, of the, envy you're, you're operating. And I mean, there's a whole lot of different ways that we talk about that is living in the moment. You're mm-hmm. living within yourself, not living mm-hmm. within your means, which are, are different living within yourself at some point when you, when you recognize that, the world doesn't control your response. And I'm, and I mean, that is a big lesson. Yeah. Um, when the world does not control your response, that is, that's probably when you ought to be enlightened. When you, yep. when you figure that out, it's not yep. so-and-so, it's not so-and-so did this to me and I can do this because they did that. And, and I, 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 the minute somebody says, you made me do it. And I'm like, really? Can I make you do that too? So, so what you're saying is that it's when you flip from determinism to free will. Well, right? no, I'm not, I'm not going to go that big because I have, a, I have a hard time with free will, but I do have, I do have um, a locus of control is, are you within yourself? Or are you being controlled by external forces? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes on both cases, but one of yep. them is more predominant than the other. Yeah. And yep. one, but it is. Know, go ahead. It, it never, I mean, determinism and free will are not mutually exclusive, right? It's determinism within a, within a bound, within bound, sorry, it's free will within bounds. At least that's what I think it is. I mean, uh, and you can allow yourself to be more deterministic and you can allow yourself to be, have more free will. It all depends on how you act, right? Right. Uh, somebody who just goes off and does whatever they want, whenever they want, without you know any any can can be pushing free will as a, and people who are just pushed around by other people are pushing determinism, but it is somewhere in the middle. I mean, it, there's no there's no pure one or the other. So, so I guess the the question is, what's the solution? I know we only have ten minutes left, so I'm sure we can't solve the world's problems in ten minutes. But I mean, Buddhism is one path, I guess you could say, to if you eliminate envy, or if you get to the point where you have the, like you say, the, the was it local focus of control? I forget Loc- which. Lo- in, in psychology, it's called locus of control. There's locus of the control. internal locus of control and the external locus of control. 
So and once what, that, have, what that means is you're living within yourself or you're living from the external world, how it impacts on you. You don't have, you don't, um, you don't, I don't make anybody do anything. Mm-hmm. I don't make, they, I, I, my sister told me that I need to exert my leadership over my mother. And I'm like, that is so not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to tell my mother do this and there's no choice. Although yeah. I would love to do that sometimes. Um, That's what my brother was like. He was the do this, there's no choice. And I was the, you know, do what you want. Yeah. The laissez-faire kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what, what control should I have over her life? I mean, at the time it was, she was in her eighties and, uh, and, she wanted to, you know, she wanted to eat certain things. She wanted to drink. She wanted to have fun. She wanted to hang out with her friends. And my brother was like, well, she needs to take her medicine. She needs to exercise. She needs to do this. And I'm like, you know, she's like in her late eighties, let her do what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm nearly there, but I'm, uh, if I could get mom to exercise, I'd be, I'd be a much happier guy. But yeah. the problem is, is I don't want to do it. So she doesn't do it. So <laughs> lead by example. I know. And that, you know, you just, one of my things is, uh, that yeah, lead by example. So I, I would, I would be, um, when I was at Cal Pacific there, we ha- had something go down. I'm trying to think what happened. And the guys were like, well, Jack's not doing it. So I'm not doing it. And I'm, I'm like, okay, you have a choice to exhibit this or to demonstrate this type of leadership because you believe it's right or you can follow his example. So Mm -hmm. it, it kind of cascades down. If Jack doesn't do it and you say you're not going to do it, then the next rung down on the leadership level is going to be your guys and they're not going to do it. Yeah. At some point, this is, this is where accountability kind of crosses back into the path is you have to, accountable for what you believe is right regardless Mm -hmm. of whether the authority above you uh uh, walks the walk and talks the talk at the same time they may not do it and in fact they probably won't do it uh unless they're extremely um uh not not charismatic but have high integrity and character yeah but if they're always looking for advantage which which a lot of people do, if they're looking for personal advantage, they're never going to be able to hold to a, a, a personal code of ethics or anything. Mm -hmm. They're always going to be looking for advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how do we solve the problem? I know we can't do it. What is the problem? You've got to outline what the problem is. I'll tell you what the problem is. It's out. It's, 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 the human race has not been able to tamp down its envy. Envy is behind almost all of the problems we have in the world today. And that is, if you think about Terry, I mean, envy, envy is, can be either, like I said, it can be driving people towards, towards a better future for themselves without tearing other people down, or it can be tearing other, it can include that and tear other people down, or it could just be tearing other people down. And a lot of this is driven by envy. The, the anger, the, the, the passion, the violence is driven by envy. And 
how do we control that? How do we master that? Because we've mastered, we've been able to master other emotions, but why, why is it that envy is so tough to master? And then how can we master it? Okay. So, so you hit us, you, you sparked something. Mm-hmm. What, what games do we have that help us master envy? Cause we, for aggression, we have football and uh, contact sports, basketball, all that kind of stuff, like, metaphorical warfare we have that mm-hmm. we have other things um to help us with where we can role play it we don't have i i'm, I'm gonna have to think about what role playing in the where it would be um what's the word i'm looking for conducive to experience the envy without it impacting on somebody like mm. a, in a like a game uh, a game environment so you could practice it without having the consequences. Is that the one I'm working for? You want so it, there's no way, I want to say there's no way because I'm sure there is a way. We haven't thought of a way to socialize dealing with envy. And mm. Does that make sense? We don't have a way of dealing with it. Yeah. So getting it out, we can call it, but how do you, it's a, it's a deep felt emotion that we recognize when it happens, but how do you get past it? Like you yeah. and I, like we were talking, we both came to a realization. There's no need to be envious of other people, mm-hmm. but how did we get there? And I'm, I'm not sure. You know, well, I know how I got there. I know how I got there. (laughs) Well, I got to a certain level of material wealth. Yeah. So there was a certain, there was a certain level where I said to myself, wait a minute. And I'm not sure where, when it happened or where it happened, but all of a sudden I just, you know, felt, I felt like it wasn't running as hard as I, I used to. Right. And I looked around me and I compared myself to other people. I compared myself to family members, et cetera. And I said, you know what? This is a, I'm in a good place now, right? I don't have to run as hard. And it's actually, things are going quite pretty well on all fronts, right? And I think that's where, when I, and I realized, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, this is, I, I can, I can now see what was driving me and I can see what's sort of stopped me from being driven and I can see why other people are driven. And it's usually, it usually has something to do with age and, you know, material wealth, especially when it, uh, nowadays, because, you know, you get to a certain point and you think to yourself, you know, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. That's why there's a lot of young folks who are like, and this is what Peter Thiel says too, right? I mean, one of the reasons why there's so much unhappiness in younger folks is that they can't, they can't see themselves in the same position we're in ever, right? So, you know, so Gen Zs right now are looking at their parents and going, I'm never going to be able to own a home. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to do that because I'm priced out of all these areas, et cetera. So that's the natural piece. Well, of they're, okay. Yeah. I, I can see that. But yeah. they're priced out of the Mac mansion. They're not priced out of the tiny homes. You know, you don't have to have, I uh, this goes back to the cities is there are people who live their entire life in apartments. They didn't, and they, they're totally fine with that. 
They yeah. never wanted, I mean, my friends will tell you that once you own a home, it owns you more than you own it. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> so, so true. they're, what, what they, what the envy, personally, I can tell you one that I had to overcome was calculus. I always felt like I was, I was not intellectually equal to anyone that could under, that could use calculus. Mm-hmm. And I, for a long time, it was on my bucket list. I was going to learn how to do kind but I hate mathematics so bad. Yeah. The, 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 you, you talk about the mountain to climb and the uphill struggle with a rock in front of you (laughs) (laughs) is moving, moving myself. And I, I I bought like calculus for dummies and idiots guide to calculus and all that stuff. And I, I would read it a little bit and then I'd go, okay, I kind of understand the theory, but sooner or later you got to get down the calculations and I really didn't like calculus. So there's, so the envy is, I, I felt like I needed no calculus. Yeah. And I overcame that saying, I don't want to know calculus. Other I, if I need somebody that does statics, uh, statistics or calculus, I know people that can do that. I don't yeah. need to be the one that does it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there too. I'm there too. Let's like, I, I said the exact same thing. Is that if it, there's something I don't know, I can, I don't necessarily need to learn it. Yeah. Like, and that, find somebody else. Uh, are you, is, uh, no, um, go ahead. I, at some point you will reach, it's not worth my time. Yeah. And, and not just time, but effort. Because the yeah. effort is, a lot of times the effort is what you're, it's the time, everybody's got the time, is whether they have the effort. And exactly. I did not want to, uh, I'm like, what am I going to do it for? I can't imagine that anyone, I mean, I, I've lived this long and I, I, I don't know that many people have been using calculus in the work that I did. Nobody did. Yeah. Now those rocket engineers and those guys, they did, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I wasn't around them that much when they were doing it. So yeah. I, I did not pick it up organically. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. I mean, I'd love to learn how to speak Japanese or some other language but I know that that's such a huge mountain to climb that, you know, I might know a word or two here or there, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to spend the time to climb that entire mountain. There's other mountains. All you got to do is listen to the sticks. No more Mr. <laughs> Arigato. <laughs> but it's like, you could, it, now you could, honestly, you could pick up and pick it. And by listening to foreign language music, you mm-hmm. might be able to pick it up that way. But well, we, we, watch, we watch Japanese dramas, my wife and I, all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm up, I pick up stuff here and there. But it, it, I mean, the language is so complicated that right. I, I know I'm never going to know other than just sort of like the surface version of that. And sometimes I fail. To, I think to myself, oh, maybe I should learn something else. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need to. Okay, so <laughs> you're, hitting on, you're hitting on where I'm, I'm living right now. I believe <laughs> that I need to learn how to do... Uh, animation with with uh, 3D anima- animation. There's a program called Blender. This is mm-hmm. the very first software package that it has that I have not 
I feel the need to do it, but I have no desire to do it. Do you understand the right. difference? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, we're talking about move, moving pixels around. Mm -hmm. Can you think of the details that you have to be able to do to move pixels around? Right. That's, that's way, I, I figured this out in video. Video is as complicated as I want to get. And, then I, and it, it scared, I, I don't want to say it scared me off, but I went, do I really want to do that? And I, it's still, it's been in my mind for two years and I have the software. I know where to go to, to get the training and all that stuff. And I'm like, why, what is the why on that? Just because you know it, nah, it's not good enough anymore. Yeah. No. In the old days, knowing software, every software you needed to know every software package. I'm past that. That I finally, I'm finally past. I don't need to know every software package anymore. You don't need to know every software package. No, I, every I, software I, package. I mean, you know, we talked about shareware what a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I was. I love shareware. I I stay, I would use that stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. But you don't hear people saying that now. It's apps. Well, apps are not exactly like shareware. They're not exactly like it. So, and apps do stuff, but software, shareware solve problems. Apps, yeah. The and there's a, there's a fine distinction in there, but they were really different. Um, I'm not. I'm well, gonna have to think about that later on. But next week, let's do. Let's find two or three quotes apiece. And talk about envy, and because one of the ones I found was um, envy and jealousy, and what the difference between the two. Um, and that that's a that was a that was a good thing for me to think about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's do that. But yeah, I think this has been the awesome conversation as this usual. This is like the weirdest conversation because where <laughs> we start. Uh, so let me ask before we. Are we getting any views? Are we getting any listens at all? Yes, we are. We're getting listens. Are we? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll share. I'll send you. Uh, I'll send you a report with the uh, with the reviews. But we definitely need to promote it more. Well, we as, as, so I I finally got my easy chair or my easier chair in my little workroom. So I need to do the the uh, the audio precursor to the show. I can do that now because it's comfortable enough to do it. <laughs> And then uh, I guess we need to come up with some kind of graphic or something uh, other than our than your handsome picture and my ugly picture. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll get I'll get uh, I'll go to Fiverr and grab a logo. I'll have a logo. I'll have a no, logo. No, 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 no. But <laughs> give me something to do. You do all the editing. You do all the typing. Something I can do. I mean, okay. I, but we need to figure out what to be the continued on the at. next episode of yeah. Oddly Incorrect. No, I'm with so. you. Okay, we'll see what right. I can come up with in the next week. Sounds good. Thank you, All sir. Right. Talk Have to a you good later, Chris. Bye bye. Later. Bye.